What's up? What's up, people? Welcome back to... Is it too bold to call it their favorite episode? I mean, their favorite podcast, Marissa? No. Right? This is all about confidence. There we go. Okay, so then it's it's declared. We can say it. Your favorite podcast ever, just so we're clear. (laughs) Yeah, screw all the serial killer ones. Yeah, screw the ones that actually teach you stuff. Here we are talking shit. (laughs) Hanley Hofer and Marissa True. Hi, everybody. How are you today? I'm okay. You know what? Um, I'm slowly finding my routine, which has actually been quite nice. But it's one of those things where like for every up, there's a down. So for every morning that I wake up early and have like the peace and silence of the apartment to myself, the downside is I hear the little kid crying in the next block about, I don't know, something like their toy got taken away. So I just have to endure the atmospheric sounds of mm. other people's lives mm. in my life. Some people How about you? call that balance, you know? Yeah, but I just need a break. we all need a break man so here we are sitting on the floors i'm in my living room you are in your brother's room i'm in his old room and he doesn't live here anymore so i've kind of just commandeered it as my study slash home office but you know it's still my brother's childhood room oh yeah does it still smell like him no because i mean he moved out like he moved out over 10 years ago so okay okay his legacy lingers but it's not in his scent yeah it's a weird thing to ask. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask about your brother's smell. Um, uh, so we're living in the time of Corona. God, I'm so sick of hearing about Corona, but it, you know we can't avoid it. We were just talking um, before we started recording today about how there's strict rules now in Singapore about wearing a face mask when you walk around. And you had a good point. Like, What if you went for a jog and you just needed to catch your breath? Yeah. Okay. So the context of this story is I went for a run yesterday and I thought to myself, you know what, let's really push it. Let's see how far we can go and let's see how long I can go without stopping. So I'm, however many, I'm saying I'm half an hour in and I'm really pushing it and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to take a break. I need to pause. So I slowed down to a walk, but then I remembered the message that said, if you're walking outside, you need to wear a face mask. So then I thought, if I'm dying and out of breath, the last thing I want to do is suffocate myself with a face mask. But then I thought there are, that we now have an app that we can report each other. Like we can tell on each other whenever someone violates not like the mask protocol. I'm just like, yeah. like honestly, what if you were just innocently trying to catch your, that's a stressful situation. Cause first of all, you out of breath. And then secondly, you're like exposed. You're like, but I, I'm out in the open. Is someone going to like stomp me or something? Yeah. I don't want to pay 300 bucks because I was working on my fitness. Like In a way, it could also be a motivator. It's like, don't stop. You'll get a fine. Keep running. <laughs> Honestly, that's been in my head when I'm just like, you know what? You got to keep going because the spies are out now. And yep. some, like we know, like I, I, Singapore, I love you to death, but we love like ratting each other out. That's why Stomp was built. And if you don't know what Stomp is, Hanley, please explain. Oh, Stomp is a glorious, I don't even know if it's still functioning. It's a glorious site of the most useless reportings. For example, uh, 
kids in uniforms holding hands after school hours, like that would actually be a headline. I, you know what? This is too much negativity. Let's stray away from the annoyances of our current state. Maybe let's focus on a little positivity. Um, what's something cool or grateful that has happened to you in the last 24 hours that you can share to lift the spirits of this conversation? So since our last episode, I started journaling. Ooh, girl. Okay. Embracing healthy habits. And that's actually been really nice because it's what I love about the the journals from the kind friend is that like they're structured. So you know what to write. You're not just dealing with a blank page and not knowing what to say. So it's kind of like someone holding my hand while I start out journaling. And then I finally, finally managed to wake up on time. I'm like 7.30 in the morning. Let's go. And then it'll be 9am. I'm like, oh, God damn, I missed it. But now we're on it. Mm. What about you? Today I woke up and like normally I'm pretty regiment with my routine because that gives me my like my structure. But this morning I woke up and I was like, fuck it. And I instantly just turned on TV and I binged watched like five episodes of Community. <laughs> and and I, felt, I felt great. I had some pasta. And when I said some, I mean, I had a giant salad bowl size portion of pasta <laughs> and I it's laid on like, my ass and I just watched TV and you know what that made me happy it's like that quote that says the the line between self-destruction and self-care is a fine one but damn we walk it <laughs> strong that's it girl that's it um uh, other things that have happened in the last 24 hours so uh to our dear listeners tuning in We've adapted to times and uh, we, well, I put out an Instagram story opening up to my Instagram followers to sort of send in anything they wanted to know from us to record on this podcast. And boy, we had some really interesting topics come up. And today we're going to try our best to give honest, candid answers to, uh, to as many as we can within the respectable timeframe. We don't want to like bore you guys on too much. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we're pretty interesting, but not that. Uh, no, we're pretty interesting. <laughs> Again, confidence. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. it. You came here. You're listening to us. Clearly, you like us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's let's dive into more about who we is. Uh, you've got the list there, Marissa. What's one of the first things that we'd like to address? Right. So, yeah, there's actually some great questions that have come up. And one of my favorite ones was, I think it's one of the first that you got. It was... When in quarantine, do you try to keep kept and presentable or just say fuck it? Oh, that and was I feel like you and I are, yeah, like you and I are yin and yang on that a little bit. Because <laughs> like, okay, like Hanley, you, you answer first. What's yours? So I'm somebody who uh, feels like my mood is often and is reflected in the things that I wear. Um, so... I'm not somebody who sits, I don't, I don't prefer, I don't sit around in like slouchy pajamas all day because that makes me feel slouchy. So, um, yes, I think that how you present yourself, even if no one's looking does or helps me at least helps my mood stay kept. What about you? Again, I tow the line. So when I'm at home, because under normal circumstances. I'm out and about all day. So the moment I enter my home, I just want to kick off my shoes, put on my pajamas and slouch around. But now there's a, there is no, like the lines are blurred between, you know, going out and staying in. 
And at first I was definitely more of the, well, I guess we're just in pajamas 24 seven now. And at first I didn't hate it, but then it's like you said, it kind of eats at your mental state a little Mm. bit in terms of how you feel, like how productive you feel. And so I just started to make a little effort. I only wore makeup for the first time at home a couple days ago and I regretted it immediately only on the basis that I went for that. I later went for a run and then it melted into my eye and it stung a bit. Mm. Um, and it was just an effort to take off. So now mine's more of like a, so long as you're not in your pajamas, it's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I live alone. So for me also, I, I enjoy embracing my femininity. So part of just my lounge, well, what I wear and homeware, I do, you know, that cliche of that, that single woman living alone, lounging around in lingerie. Sex in the city vibes. Oh yeah. I totally tread around that. I'm straight up in my silk <laughs> robes, just out here, like trying to feel good about myself. <laughs> but you see, I feel like, I feel like I would do that, except I live at home and me walking around in, you know, a negligee with my parents down the hall. It's just, it's, it's not a look. Different. I can understand. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I work with, I work within the environment that I've been dealt right now. Fair enough. Okay, let's go on to the next question. Actually, there's a pretty consistent theme against like running through a lot of these, which is on the topic of self-confidence and how to unapologetically be yourself, Hmm. which is a very good one because I feel like every single woman in this day and age has been through their own sort of confidence journey. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you stay Hmm. confident, Hanley? I get asked this question a lot and I think it's, I think it's also, um, it's got to do with the industry I'm in. It's got to do, why are you smiling? Why are you, you got like a giggle on your face. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) That made me very suspicious. What's this face about? No, it's just because when you said like, I get this, I get asked this question a lot. I was just like, why are people asking you why you should be confident? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why, what's up? Why are you like Like, this? You of all people? How do you become confident? Oh man, I never looked, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Excuse me, that was rude. Go on. So for me, yes, like you said, we all have our journeys of how we ended up um, with our own levels of confidence. For me, it's something that I had to acquire at a younger age because I did start off in the entertainment industry in front of the camera quite early on. Um, because of that, I did develop thick skin. Um, but for me, confidence really came down to a very like uh, something that happened in my teenage years, which was a very pivotal point where I really, I honestly made a decision, and I've kept this this promise to myself to always have my back. At one point, um, growing up in those very you know important years when we were forming as teenagers, I decided, and I realized, and I, I must have read it on I don't know. In like a Chloe magazine or something. We were that impressionable back then. But it was something along the lines of, you're the only person that you're going to be stuck with for the rest of your life. You know, when you wake up in the morning, when you, you're born alone, you die alone. It's just you. It's the relationship you have with yourself. So I made a decision at one of these points in my teenage years that I am going to love and support myself and that person. And it's just from making that from, from back then that my confidence has just sort of, I guess, naturally built itself up on that because I got me, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I completely get it. Yeah. 
I think a I mean, big part of that had to do with, I mean, so Marissa and I went to school together, but for me, one of the major things that happened when I was a teenager was I had a really big falling out with all these girls that were my really good friends. And this happened like 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now. But when you're 15 years old, you just want to belong in a group. You just want your community and your yeah. friends. And something, I think it was a little traumatic for me at the time, but, but whatever the reasons were, I can't even remember them because they were so long ago. But I came to school one day and all my friends decided that they hated me. Classic. Classic, right? This one day overnight. You know what? Today, Hanley's out. We hate her. Um, we talked about it the night before. You can't sit with us. This is a cla- This happens all the time. This is, by the way, this is bullying. But back then, I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that that's bullying. Um, uh, so all my friends turned on me, and I felt so alone. And it was it was around then that I was like, I'm alone, but I got me, and that's that's been my foundation. That moment then, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like. I mean, first of all, kudos to you because to learn that very young, I think there, I mean, I feel like there are women much older than us that still haven't figured that bit out. And I hope that they do just because like you said, we don't have time to waste. Like we're, you know, we're all multifaceted. We're all trying to do so many different things and to, to be knocked down by ourselves, like, come on, it's a waste of our time. We have more important things to worry about because like from, that was actually how I learned where mine was coming from because like you, but at a younger age, I was bullied. Uh, I was bullied in primary school. And the worst part was, it was kind of funny looking back, but at the time it wasn't, was that I didn't realize that that's what bullying was. I just thought that they were friends that were playing a mean joke that I didn't find funny, but along, as long as everyone else was laughing, it was okay. Mm. Until the also, point that my- another classic, like classic yeah. school moves. What dicks, huh? Sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. and also... Dickheads. And also the worst part was that I remember they called my parents in to discuss it because um they were like, Look, Marissa's struggling and we need to, you know, we need to find a way to stop this problem. But then when my teacher spoke to me individually, she wasn't supportive at all. She was almost angry at me. And I was like, that doesn't because then I felt I felt almost at fault for being the victim. Like I guess it was victim blaming in some way, but it didn't make sense to me that I felt guilty for the fact that someone else was bullying me. Like I was too weak to stand up for myself and that's why it was happening sort of thing. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And so that sort of, that fed into my later life just because I became quite socially nervous because when people would, people would genuinely want to be my friend, I was afraid of them because I was like, no, they're not sincere. They don't actually want to be my friend. This is just a gateway for them to make fun of Holy me. Holy shit, girl. This is some straight up PTSD. This is like some friendship toxicity that just stained yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah. So in a in a weird way, my sort of self-reliance, I wouldn't call it confidence because it wasn't confidence at that stage, but my self-reliance came from the fact that you can't rely on these people to back you. Mm. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's like you can't rely on these people to back you. So you only have to take care of yourself because you can't let them, like you can't let anyone else make you feel this way. Oh, hundred percent. But then there was a twist. Okay. So the reason I said it was self-reliance, not self-confidence was because then I started to become my own bully. Mm. And that was the worst. And I feel like that was also because like I was one of those 
I'm very type A. I really want to, like, if someone tells me to do something, I have to do it to the absolute best of my ability. Otherwise, it's not good enough to my own standard, right? It's the whole perfectionist dilemma. Like, at one point, you do really well, but if you don't do as well as you hoped, does that mean the, like, the house of cards all comes tumbling down? Yeah. Yeah. So, for me, that manifested brutally in an eating disorder when I was about 19 years old. Um, And it was horrible. It lasted a good few years. But again, it was one of those things where I can't, I don't, I actually remember the point at which I was on a holiday in Bali and I was upset because it was just getting on top of me. And my parents sat me down and said, look, if you feel you need to stop university for the rest of the year, use this time to recover and then try again next year, we're okay with helping you do that. And that was the point. It was like a light bulb moment that I thought, no, like, no, I need to take ownership of my own situation. And it was sort of the self-reliance, but it started to evolve into confidence. I was like, no, 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 I'm not that person. I can do it. Mm. And then that's when you like pulling your socks up. And so the next, so by the time I got back to university, I signed up to work for the student newspaper. I was calling friends that I was too afraid to meet up with for like the last six months, just because my anxiety was so bad. And then slowly kind of creeping out of my cave and realizing, you know what, it's not that bad. And I know what I'm doing. And that's, and that's over the years become more of a sense of like, I've been through shit Mm -hmm. and I know I can handle it. So it's sort of like, like, okay, so different, completely different stories. But the common thread being is this moment when we were like, no one else is going to get me like I've got me. So I'm yeah, going to 100%. stand up for myself. And that is how the confidence is bred. And everything from that point, from that foundation of I got my back, I'm my best friend, I'm my biggest cheerleader. That's how the confidence grows. So I guess to answer that question, you know, how do you become confident? Look after yourself. Resilience. Yeah, it's also resilience. Like you have to take the fact that the world is going to give you shit sometimes and, and you al- can get through it. And it's also trusting yourself. I trust myself because I know that I can help me through this, you know, like, yeah, I feel like confidence is marketed. You know what it I mean? It is. People are like, wear this lipstick. You're going to feel confident. Brush your hair, wear your hair this way. Do this exercise. You're going to feel confident. Uh, there's truth to an extent for all these different angles, but the true basis of confidence comes from within boo boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like I a hundred percent agree. Confidence is often sold to you as a product that will fix you. Mm-hmm. And so it comes at the angle of, we see you're broken. Let us fix it by this. Mm-hmm. And which is a pretty, it's a pretty, like I understand it because it's just a commercial industry and they got to do what works and that unfortunately works very well but you know like I completely agree it comes from within there's like an essence to your being that you there is always something about you that you like so just like grab it by the balls and then just mm-hmm. I don't know fondle it like just make oh, did you say good. fondle it <laughs> yeah grab I mean, life want to be like balls, fondle it gain confidence yeah love yourself (laughs) put that on a (laughs) t-shirt merch merch (laughs) um but then this feeds into the other the other part of the question which is how to unapologetically be yourself because despite having confidence 
you also have to know that not everyone's going to love you the way that you've learned to love yourself. Oh, yeah. No, the answer on how to unapologetically be yourself is to not give a fuck about what other <laughs> people think. My <laughs> God, let me tell you, the moment you stop caring what other people think, what other people say, it's like a giant weight that gets lifted off your shoulders and it's beautiful. Again, going back to what happened in my teenage years, I was a victim of gossip. You know, I was a little bit of a wild child. I'll be the first to admit that. I knew who I was back then. I was no <laughs> angel. Okay. I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the first to admit that. Um, but you know, this is what happens when, when you become the center of attention that you didn't ask for. You got a lot of eyes on you. You got a lot of whispers going on behind your back. And this also ties in with that confidence that I, that I, promised myself my myself the relationship the trust with myself when i decided you know what girl i'm gonna love you first before anyone else when i said that to myself mm. that gave me a shield a shield to then be like well i don't care what anyone says because who are they who's your what's your opinion to me the fuck is you like <laughs> <laughs> who are you even you know um so that's it that's it's a, if that's my answer for that pretty plain and simple just don't give a fuck man I mean, I feel like mine's, if I'm going to be honest, I'm still on that journey on the, on like, just by evidence alone, if you record my speech and conversation with say, I don't know, friends, family, anyone, chances are I'm going to say sorry at least three times. Ooh. And like, it's not, a, it's not necessarily about, it's not necessarily about like it showing that I'm not necessarily confident, but it's me compromising my sort of st- standing because I'm thinking it's almost like oh, how do I how do I express it it's almost like showing a submissive submissive submissiveness kind of like when a like when an alpha and a beta dog meet and then mm-hmm. one sort of backs away mm-hmm. sort of like I have equal standing and I can say what I feel but I'm going to apologize for it just a little bit so I'm not perceived as a threat or overbearing right. I'm going to just give that space where I bring myself down a little so that you can meet me there if you need if that's what makes you feel comfortable something like that. Exactly. Like compromising on yourself to make sure like it's the whole putting yourself first versus putting yourself second. But how is that working for you? Does it work? It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. But you know, I, I think, no, I think it's great that we're having this chat because we're coming from very two different angles of this, of this uh, conversation, you know, like you're being open about how you're going through this. I'm me, who I am and my journey, even my career, what I do being in front of the limelight and having all that attention. It's, it's too, it's, it's a very yin and yang approach of how we've managed to overcome these topics that are in everybody's brick, you know? But it's interesting that like, for example, a lot of your career has been, like you said, on screen, on camera, on covers, you're very much out there for the world to see. And it's very much, this is me. So you have these sort of gateways to express who you are and who you're becoming. And I like, if I look back at, so I used to, short story, I used to be a TV presenter for football yes. and I covered like the Euros and the Premier League. And frankly, I loved it. I adored working with, you know, a whole crew and being able to like, I was, I would wake up at 12 midnight and then work till six in the morning to make sure I was covering live matches. I loved it. And I was getting compliments from people saying, you know what, you're actually quite good at that. Like you should keep it going. And I found myself downgrading my own talent and being like, oh no, it's far easier than you think anyone could do it. And it was sort of looking back on, I'm like, no, not everyone could do it. I should have taken more ownership and pride in my own ability. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like I said, I'm not, 
I'll st- I still do that on occasion. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, but, it's, but that's stop. humility as well. You know, I think it's a very, like that, that's, that's not, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where when people compliment us, we, we are humble about it because if I compliment, if I complimented someone and was like, Oh, you're really good at that. And they were like, yeah, thanks. I know. <laughs> I'd straight up be like, no, but, oh, right, douche, damn. <laughs> but there is the difference between being like, thank you so much and accepting the compliment versus being like, oh, no, no, I'm not that good. Or oh, yeah. it's far easier than you think. You okay. know what I mean? Not true. So also to anyone, validation, anyone who's listening, if you hear that and you recognize these traits in yourself, after Corona's done, no more. <laughs> like this is like a timestamp to just change these habits about ourselves. Yeah, you have a minimum of two weeks left to start this process for yourself. Oh, yeah. It's we can we can look at this positively, like you know, New Year resolutions. Cause this will literally I mean, it'll be a new world, like our new world resolutions. We should have a whole topic on this, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should. What were our 2020 resolutions and where did they go now? Uh, mine was uh, to get my driver's license. Same. <laughs> but you know what? Oh. The driving schools are shut. And so it's a non-essential service apparently. And I feel like we can, we can, uh, I was so happy on getting it this time, man. I signed up for classes. Like, you know, I, I really did. I was like, I'm going to use this time to learn how to drive. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. So there's another one that I also, Oh, some got deep. So there's one that's not actually a question, but it's someone that wrote, um, oh, where's it gone? Oh, no, I've lost it. Ah, we'll move on to another one and come back to it. But um, someone's asked, what was it like growing up mixed race in Singapore? Girl, we can have a whole podcast episode dedicated to that. I feel, I feel, I almost feel like we should save it for that because this All right, let's save that. cultural identity. You and I have a story, but I, but I also want to get someone from um, a different perspective to share their, their experience of being. Yeah. Cause I feel like you and I probably had similar considering we grew yeah. up in the same so, city. Great question. We're going to, we're going to put that in our back pocket and we're going to bring it back for another episode. Yeah, but thank you for giving us that topic for our next episode. Oh, yeah. Excellent work. I've got a lot to say about this. Okay, so this one, this is the one that's not a question. I've just found it, but I like it. It says, and obviously you have the material. You have yet to show it to me. Maybe we can read it out loud. I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. But I sent you a poem. It's 100% weird, but I've got to take the chance. So first of all, oh, kudos yeah. to you for the self-confidence and sending a poem. Yeah. So Excellent work. <laughs> Is it weird that he's definitely not the first or second or third? Like, like, in, you know, just having like an open profile on Instagram, like you get, you get some weird stuff, you know? It's like fan mail. It's, it's, yeah, I get, I appreciate it when it's fandom based um, or just like a shout out or something nice. But I mean, let's be real. There are weirdos out there. <laughs> the internet. So. Oh. Can get What's straight up on thing you've been sent. Well, okay, it doesn't happen anymore. But when I started at MTV, um, so this was now like six years ago. Oh my God, I'm getting old. Um, uh, when I started at MTV, and this is a true story, there used to be this guy, and he would write to me every day for like a year as if I was his diary. 
and he would write to me with his feelings, what he did, like every single day without fail. And I just, it's I put like a it, prison pen pal. Yeah. But I never wrote back because it was, and I would, and then after a while I sort of zoned out and I put it in like a, a folder where I, I didn't even see it. I think it was on Facebook. I don't, I don't think I per se blocked him, but I just like, it was also to my business account anyway. So he wrote to me. And then he stopped suddenly for about seven months. And then one day he wrote to me again. And this time I read it. And he basically told me that he was a drug addict. And at the time, writing to me was like his way of therapy or some sort and helped him a lot, even if I didn't reply. And now seven months on, he's clean. And he just wanted to acknowledge to me why he did that and where he's at. So wow, guy, I'm not going to put your name out there, but whoever you, you know, wherever you are, I really hope that you're safe. I'm happy that writing to me was a form of healing, if that's what it was to you. Um, but yeah, this is a true story. Crazy, right? You were his kind friend. He was on, he was on heroin, he told me. Oh, fuck. That's heavy duty. It was heavy stuff. So ew, that answers your question. I mean... Like I said, back in my football days, I had one guy write me a poem, but then he turned out to be a stalker. So that wasn't particularly, that didn't really have a very happy ending. Well, actually it was fine because he ended up leaving me alone. But all I remember was I was working, I was emceeing at a live event. Yeah. <laughs> I was emceeing a live event and this dude comes up to me with his kid and he sends, he gives me a little folded piece of paper. And he's like, don't read this now, read this later. So I was like, oh, okay. And I'm working, right? So I just put it in my pocket and just keep going. And then later on, I remember that it's there and I whip it out and it's just a cute little four line poem. It's very complimentary. It's just saying I'm beautiful. And I was like, oh, thank you. Left it at that. I was like, that's very nice. Fan mail, right? And then I'm, and then after the event's over, I go to the cab stand to go home and he pops up and he's like, hey. And he's prying me to try to get my phone number. And at first I was just like, look, sir, like I'm not, I mean, first of all, you have a kid. I don't know yeah, where your I, I was like, is. We're going we're gonna to address the young child in the room? Yeah. Conveniently at that point, the kid disappeared. And I was like, you were definitely holding hands with that child. So you want to make sure you haven't lost Wait, Here's him. a creepy plot twist. It wasn't his kid. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't the <laughs> act. Like here I am, wholesome dad with my kid. I'm a good person. Bye kid. I don't need you anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, a, like a neutralizing, but yeah. So then, so then I was like, sorry, I'm not going to give you my contact details. I'm not comfortable with that. And he went, okay, okay, cool. And he left. And then maybe like a month later, I get this email from a guy saying like, Hey Marissa, I found your email by like digging around for you online. And it came up. I'm the guy who wrote you the poem. Da 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 da. And I was like, Oh my God. So I was like, so I, I didn't reply. I just blocked it because I didn't want anything to do with it because I was feeling uncomfortable. I didn't like it. And so I blocked it straight away. And then a couple months later, maybe even up to like three, four, maybe six months, I get a phone call and it was an unknown number and I picked it up and straight away it's, Hey Marissa, do you remember a while ago, a guy wrote you a poem? He's like, I'm that guy. I found your phone number. Found your number. Yeah. So then... So I, so my thinking at that time was I didn't give him any information, but he's found my phone number and my email address. I was like, what's to say he can't find my home address. 
And so as a precaution, I called the police and I was like, I mean, maybe it was dramatic, but at the same no, time, no, no. I didn't. It's exactly the right thing to do. If someone finds your number without your consent and has been, has a history of, of tracking you down, you call the yeah, police. Yeah, I was afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I called the police and God bless him, like uh, some young guy, he must've been like early twenties and he took the call and I explained the situation and he just went, okay, madam, uh, let me call you back. Cause I had to file like a short police report. He called me back about an hour later. He went, okay, madam, uh, this is the professional advice that we're going to give you. I was like, all right, shoot, what can I do? How can I stay safe? And he's like, if he turns up at your door, and I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, don't let him in. I was like, that's the protection I get? So luckily, luckily he never did turn up. Thank God for that. And frankly, I think it's been so long that if he did, I wouldn't recognize him, but Maybe I'm he's not, moved on. Animal scares me. Yeah, maybe he's moved on to someone else. Okay, but here's a question though. Okay. Was he hot? No. Okay, but what if he was hot? If no. Okay. I, I know I that question comes up a ask. lot. I just had to ask. Because I know that question comes up a lot. The double standard between creep yeah. and romantic, depending on how attractive a dude is, I'ma be real if he's hot. <laughs> it might be romantic. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one with this opinion. I'm just throwing it out there. Well, I feel like at the same time, if it was a guy who maybe you knew like two, I don't know, two social circles over. So you kind of vaguely knew who he was and he right. was just the guy who sort of took a liking to you and was pursuing you. That's very different from some random stranger who's watched you on football tv for a couple of nights and been like her i choose her i don't know you see i don't know because think about it right think about it this guy locks eyes with this gorgeous girl on tv and he's like oh who's this girl i love her fast forward 50 years later they're celebrating their silver anniversary life is great they've got seven grandchildren let me hear me out here they got seven grandchildren you know they ask grandma How'd you meet granddad? And he's all, I saw her on TV and I fell in love with her. You see, I'm just saying this story had so many ways to go. Is it creepy Fine. or is it complimentary? In your case, no, was, it was creepy. He was also twice, like over twice my age. No, like guaranteed. I'm not trying to like, like romanticize <laughs> your stalker story. That's straight up creepy. <laughs> yeah. <the> right thing. <laughs> Here I am. Scary. Don't make this like a rom com. (laughs) (laughs) Rom coms, a lot of them could be creepy. Anyway, that's another time. uh, That's another uh, road to go down. But thank you for sharing that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! If he popped up now, I think I would. I would shit a brick. Like I could not deal with that man. Ooh. So okay, this is a light one. And it also refers back to our very first episode with Alan, which is, do you think men and women should split a bill 50-50? And if yes, why? And if no, why? All right, we'll use this one as a last question, but Hanley, you take the lead on this. So should guys and girls go 50-50 on a first date? Is that it? Well, they didn't actually specify first date. They were saying, for, they just said in general. So here's my take. On the first date, okay, the guy should pay the bill first, but the girl should either offer and then be declined or say something generic like, okay, I'll get the next one or be like, 
okay, well, if you get drinks, I'll get the snacks, you know, there should be an element of balance. But as a whole, yes, guys, you are paying for that first date. Do you know how long it takes for a woman to look good and to dress up, to put on the makeup, to get her hair right, to choose the outfit, to talk to her friends before she went on it, to go through the nerves, maybe even take a grab or a taxi there because it's humid outside and she doesn't want her hair to deflate. Her showing up in the first place was a lot of effort, time, and money. So you better, <laughs> you better yeah, so pick up the first bill. We had a lot of upfront costs that you didn't get to see. <laughs> so. Like, I'm glad you washed your face with a bar of soap, dude. But this, <laughs> this is seven layers of just all sorts of magic. <laughs> yeah, we're talking concealer, no, primer, concealer, foundation, highlighter, oh, liners. And not just the stuff on top. We're, we're, we're prep talking to ourselves. We're listening to our favorite Lizzo album. Like, we are. We're doing a lot of work to show up for date one. So you best believe that bill is yours. <laughs> I kind of, I, I agree on principle, but more for the fact that like, for me, it's a, it's just a great indicator on the first date of the kind of guy you are. And if you're like a generous sort of giving person, mm. like, cause I mean, I don't expect that to be the common thread through the rest of the relationship. Like I definitely want to be able to say like, look, let me pay for dinner this time round or sort of f- strike that balance as you grow together. If this oh. does turn into a relationship with the person, Right. But the first date is just, I feel like if straight off the bat, you're showing me, I've had a really good time. I want to pay for this meal and I want to see you again. It's just, it, it's nice. Like, it's nice. It's like a- also, we're earning like 70 cents to the dollar. Like you can afford it based on that margin. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Bring in, bring in the science, bring in the economy. <laughs> in this economy. <laughs> Was that the one time a week you got to use it? Yes. So just a little background. I've been saying that a lot lately just because it's a very uncertain time and everyone's looking at their job situations. Like everything's in flux. But But I said it a lot. And I was like, okay, Marissa, listen, girl, you get to use that once a week. You can't say it to anything. Originally, I thought it was once a day, but I guess we're rationing more now. <laughs> <laughs> it's for when the time's right, but that was the correct time. But also what you said, going back, like in the relationship, a relationship is a partnership, meaning it's equal. So 50-50, maybe equality is not based on uh, finances in your partnership. And that is subjective. And that's okay. There's no model of that any partnership, any relationship be, should be structured by for each our own people, but there should be balance no matter what. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Totally mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. Not as controversial as I thought. Eh. So <laughs> that was pretty fun. I really love that we were able to get questions from you guys. Um, keep sending them in. I think I'm going to be hosting a lot more of these open-ended uh, options for you to, to write them in. Um, but of course, here's the time for our shameless Instagram plug. Where are we at Marissa? So of course you can follow us on Just So We Clear. And it's not just about following us on Spotify and Apple. You want to follow us on Instagram because that's where we're going to be hosting all of our giveaways, all of our competitions. And I mean, who doesn't love a bit of swag, right? It's like, take something home. Just like a post, comment on a post. Next thing you know, you're a winner, baby. There we go. Like Marissa and I, we givers. 
<laughs> cause for reaction. And on that note, we are doing two episodes a week of Just So We're Clear. Um, uh, so keep tuning in and we will talk to you soon. I love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.